0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Marveling with May. I'm May, your friendly neighborhood guide to the MCU, and today we are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This one definitely stacks up in my all-time favorite solo movies in the MCU. I absolutely loved it, so there's going to be a lot of thoughts in this episode. I hope you guys are ready. So, without further ado, let's get started. who has not yet seen Shang-Chi this I am deeming it my most serious spoiler warning of my entire podcast existence this is serious you guys make sure you go watch this movie first I'm telling you right now this is your final warning watch Shang-Chi come back here I promise I will be waiting (laughs) I'll see you guys then Wow. That is all I have to say about this movie. That's it. I could end the episode right here. Just, I'm just, wow. It was insane. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I genuinely cannot decide whether this or Black Widow is my favorite MCU movie. And if you've listened to my coverage of Black Widow, of that movie... You understand that I love that movie from start to finish. And now Shang-Chi. I don't know. I don't know if if Black Widow is my top movie anymore, you guys. I mean, that is how good this movie was. From start to finish, just the comedy, the storyline, all of it. All of it was so perfectly and beautifully done. So let's talk about it. Obviously... You have probably seen the movie by now because you've heard my spoiler warning. If you are still here and you haven't seen the movie, this is my final, 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 final warning. Leave. Go away. I I love to have you here, but please go watch the movie first. And then come back, and I will be much happier to have you listening to this podcast if you have seen the movie. So, let's talk about it, shall we? Okay, number one thing absolutely number one most important part of this entire movie is the fact that Trevor Slattery is here. Um, Sure, Shang-Chi got the 10 rings at the end. That was great. You know, he saved the world. But number one most important part of the entire movie is that Morris and Trevor Slattery are together. That's it. That is my analysis. In terms of affecting the MCU long term, uh, Trevor Slattery and Morris are the most important characters in this movie, and I will not be changing my opinion on that. So, there it is. But, of course, there were other characters in the movie, too, that I suppose we have to focus on, like Katie and and Shang-Chi and whatever, but, you know, always know that in my heart, Morris and Trevor were my number ones. But, of course, we have Shang-Chi. So, he is just a normal dude. A normal dude, you know, doing some valet work um, with Katie. I loved Katie, by the way. Um, She was hilarious throughout this entire movie. Like, very much the comic relief, but, like, not to the point where she had no other storyline. Like, her storyline is so cool. And I'm genuinely so excited to see her in future MCU projects. Because, I mean, her storyline was great. Like, girl's got a bow and arrow shooting dragons by the end of this movie. It's insane. I think her character growth is even more so than Shang-Chi. But let's talk about her first. And, you know, that might be a little weird. Why am I talking about the side character first before I talk about Shang-Chi? But here is why. Okay, Katie comes into this magical place with Shang-Chi into... I am forgetting the name of that village. It was, it was Talo? You guys, I feel really, really bad because I'm forgetting it. This movie was just so overwhelming that I'm, like, forgetting the names of things. Um, but you all know what I'm talking about. I believe it was Talo. I think so. Anyways, so we're there. We're in this village. And immediately, I mean, Katie's not there for more than two days. And girl has, like, some serious archery skills. Okay, so let's talk about that. Can we consider Katie to be superpowered? I think we can. I think we can consider her to have some sort of supernatural ability. Because no one gets that good at archery in two days. It's insane. It is... It's unprecedented, is what it is. And the reason why I'm so excited about this is because obviously, in the next couple of months, we're going to be getting the Hawkeye miniseries. In which we meet Kate Bishop, who is also an archery prodigy. Uh, can we get a Kate Katie team up? How do we feel about that? I feel pretty good about it. So, in my every episode, uh, you know, discussion to the Marvel execs who are not listening, hello, it's May again. Please give us a Kate and Katie team up. Their names are similar, they are both amazing at archery so yeah let's see it thank you all right but moving on with katie i mean she was just incredible throughout this entire movie i really don't aquafina did such a good job with this character and i can't quite place like why she was any better than other characters i don't really know but she was incredible i remember i watched this with my dad and we're sitting there and he, like, leans over and he's like, I love Katie. And, like, I know you guys don't know my dad, but he is definitely not the person to enjoy, like, the comic relief of a movie. Like, he's usually, like, all in on the main character. But he was leaning over and he was like, you know, I love Katie. Like, like when are we going to see Katie again? Like, it was really funny to me. Um, but that was the effect that she has on people. I mean, it was incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I was really, really impressed with, you know, with Katie in in her portrayal on the big screen, but let's actually talk about the main character, the big moment of this movie, Shang-Chi. So, super cool dude. His name is Sean when we first meet him in the movie, although we we kind of know that it's his name's not in fact Sean. Um, but we see him traveling, you know, in his little valet service, and he is attacked on a train, or I guess it was like a trolley, right? It was a trolley. Um, Because it wasn't on tracks, but it was, you know, not a bus. I guess it was kind of a bus. No, it was definitely a bus. Yeah, Um, I'm just remembering incorrectly. That was a bus. So we are on a bus. We are traveling. We're, you know, doing our thing. And Shang-Chi is attacked in the middle of the bus. Now, the ensuing scene is probably my favorite of the entire movie. Like, that final battle was great. As far as action sequences, everything like that. But the, but the bus scene, I think, was the best part of the entire movie. And I think I'm going to stand by that forever. Um, it was just beautiful. Like, it was funny. There was comic relief. I love the guy, like, live streaming on the bus. That was hilarious. It was, like, a very meta thing. Um, but he's, like, videoing it all on the bus. And then you have, like, Katie, who's just sitting there, like, freaking out. Like... You know, you can't fight him. He doesn't know how to fight. And then Shang-Chi obviously does know how to fight. It was a really... The dynamics were just so good and so funny. And I think this was Katie's, like, shining moment in the movie. um, Where she's, like, driving the bus. And she stops. And the guy's, like, next to her. And she's like, we make a great team. Yeah. I mean, all of it was just so perfect. And then the amount of shock that Katie has after. And then they're standing... (laughs) They're standing in Shang-Chi's, like, house, and he's like, you know, it's a lot to explain. I I don't know how to explain it. And Katie's like, well, you better tell me on the plane. And she's going. She's going with him. I mean, talk about a good friend. You just saw your friend, like, almost get killed by three assassins, and you're like, yeah, sign me up. Here I come. I'm coming. I don't know how to fight people, but I'll be there. I mean, props for Katie. Round of applause for her. Uh, So then we are in basically a fight club um and Shang-Chi has been chosen to fight now a couple of interesting things go down while we're in this fight club that are important I think to the rest of the MCU so the first thing is that we see we see um abomination abomination am I saying that right abomination I believe so um we see abomination I think that was abomination I feel pretty confident that it was um and Wong Wong is in this movie you guys which is really kind of funny because I watched What If and Wong was in What If and then I watched this movie and Wong was in this movie and then before that I had seen the uh Spider-Man trailer for No Way Home and Wong was in that too like Wong was with us a lot in the past couple of weeks Wong's really been a, a major player in all of these MCU properties that have been coming out, um, and I find that really funny, and he was actually just in the What If Zombies episode as well, so, I mean, Wong's everywhere, Wong is the Watcher, hot take, um, Wong is the Watcher in disguise, he has taken over the role of Stan Lee, and is now an agent of the Watcher, you know, watching everything, um, yeah, that's that's my hot take on all of this, that's why Wong's everywhere, all the time, so, Marvel, again, if you are listening in my weekly letter to the execs, hello? Uh, make Wong the Watcher, please, and thank you. So, we see Wong, we see him with the Abomination, um, and then we see him disappear into a little little portal, one of his little sling rings, um, and he's, like, helping Abomination. It was, it was almost like, you know, in Thor Ragnarok, where... Um, valkyrie takes the hulk and like is training him kind of in her spare time and um, they're like friends but they still fight each other in like the the fight club that was kind of what it was so like wong fought abomination absolutely destroyed him like good for wong um and then sort of takes him away and is like okay let's uh get you all fixed up and let's train you again and this was c- confusing uh i don't wong was a little confusing in this whole movie I don't understand why they put that scene in there. Um, I mean, it was funny, but, like, there must be more of a reason. Like, what is Wong up to? Is he starting an underground fight ring himself? Why is he in an underground fight ring? Like, he could definitely take out every single person there. You know, so it's definitely his choice to be there. But why? Why did he choose to be there? And, you know, why is he so elusive in the No Way Home trailer? Like, when Doctor Strange is talking to him, he's leaving. But where's he going? Why does he need a portal? There's a lot of questions that come up about Wong in this entire movie. And I think it's really interesting because Wong was not uh, projected, at least in my mind, to be someone who who was prominent in this movie. And he, he wasn't necessarily... Like, in terms of screen time, he wasn't there the whole time, but he definitely was a big part of this movie. I just find that really, really very fascinating um, and a little confusing, if I'm going to be honest. But we see Wong in this fight club, and then Shang-Chi is forced to fight, and guess who he has to fight? Oh my goodness, it's his sister. His sister, um, I'm I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing these correctly. Um, I believe that that is how you pronounce it, and I apologize because I am not necessarily the best at pronouncing things all the time, so, um, Zha- Zhao is how I will be pronouncing it, and I'm hoping that that is as correct as possible, and apologies if it is not as correct as it should be. Um, okay, so we have Zhaoling and she is fighting Shang-Chi, um, and, you know, she beats him pretty easily. So, Xiaoling, like, okay, here's here's my thing. Like, I don't... I don't know. I love that Shang-Chi is the one that inherited the Ten Rings at the end of this. Like, he he has the Ten Rings. But, like, I... Xiao Ling seems like she would have been a better fit. Like, she seems like the more powerful of the siblings in terms of martial art abilities. Um... But also, I mean, I don't think that she's the most, like, well, no. And, well, okay, in terms of morality, I don't know if she is is better than Shang-Chi. Like, she definitely made a couple of questionable choices, um, especially at the end of this movie. But <laughs> Shang-Chi, in terms of power, I think Xiaoling kind of has him beat there. At least without the ten rings. Like, now that shang has the ten rings, um, I think that that changes a lot of things. But in terms of just them with no ten rings between the two of them, I think Zhao Ling definitely wins. And she's kind of proven to win in this first scene. So, we have this whole fight scene. We learn that Zhao Ling created this fight ring um, after leaving the ten rings because... She basically has this line saying it was it was a great line and I couldn't take notes during the movie like I normally do because I watched it in theaters. I thought that would be kind of rude for me to be sitting there taking notes on my phone. Uh, So I apologize because I might butcher this quote, but she basically says to the effect like my father wouldn't let me into the empire because I wasn't a guy like she was because Shang-Chi was like the male of the family. He was the one who inherited all of the training, and Xiaoling was not allowed to be trained. Um, And she kind of had to train herself just by watching. And so she basically says something to the effect of, you know, if my father... If my father won't let me into this empire, then, like, I'll make my own, essentially. So, yeah. It was kind of a, a great moment for her, kind of, kind of girl boss moment for Xiaoling. Um, but yeah, she makes this kind of mini empire that, at least in this moment, it seems as though she's trying to make it a bigger thing, and we actually learn later on that she does make it a bigger thing. Um, but we will get there. So we're in this fight ring, and, you know, Xiaoling kind of has a bit of anger, resentment towards um, shang Shi for the fact that he left her, and we kind of learn a little bit more about his backstory in these moments, so we learn that Shang-Chi was trained by, uh, his father, who, I I guess we can't, we, we can't call him the Mandarin. I actually don't know if he has a name throughout this movie. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know that he has a name, um, which I feel like I would remember if he did. I don't know. I could just be completely forgetting. I- this movie was kind of wild, so I could just be not remembering it. But uh, we learned that Shang-Chi's father taught him in martial arts. He became really, really good. All this stuff, and basically sent him on a mission to assassinate someone. And we don't know at this point who that someone was. And Shang-Chi says that he d- didn't go through with it, um, and instead kind of ran away when he was there. Uh, which, by the way, when he's explaining this to Katie that scene on the plane like they're talking and it's very very serious and he's saying like you know I went to like you know the I went to this place and I was about to kill this guy and like I, I couldn't go through with it and then <laughs> the person comes up like behind him and says like something like you know like chicken or pork or something and it lines up pers- perfectly with the words that he's saying it like does that thing where it like lines up and you're like wait a second um, and you learn that they're on this plane and it was just the whole thing was hilarious. Um, and again, Aquafina was great in this. And Katie was great in that scene as well. Um, but we learn that shang couldn't go through with this. And so he kind of, he leaves and he runs away. And that's where this resentment towards his father comes from. Um, and that's where, you know, all of this really comes from. And Zhao Ling is kind of, is mad at him for leaving. And mad at him for not taking her with him essentially and leaving her there uh, for all those years after he left so yeah I mean Shang-Chi kind of messed up in that moment but she is upset with him but they kind of end up teaming up together um after Shang-Chi's father comes to try and capture him they somewhat escape uh but then they are apprehended by the Ten Rings and they're brought in so it's a little family reunion. And we learn a lot of things in these next couple of moments. We learn about the fact that Shang-Chi's mother died. Um, we learn how Shang-Chi's, well, we actually learn in the beginning how Shang-Chi's father kind of rose to prominence. But we learn a lot about these things. Um, and It all kind of culminates in Shang-Chi's father declaring that he wants to go to Talo, this this village. Um, and basically try and free Shang-Chi's mother. Um, so, a couple of things here. Um, Shang-Chi doesn't really believe him, and, like, nor should he, because basically what his father is saying is, like, your mom's hidden behind a, um, just a, a little gate, and he's like, well, that makes no sense, why would that be a thing? So his father's kind of going a little crazy, um you know as you do i suppose um but yeah i mean yeah that was kind of a whole a whole thing they have this really cool scene that i think was in trailers as well where they're, they're like in a room and the water creates a force under them and they learn that Tallow this village is hidden uh in a forest that essentially moves and like changes its path for um like different people to come in through so you only the only way to get into it is if you know how the path changes and how to get in, otherwise you get eaten by the forest, which cannot be pleasant. It that does not sound pleasant, um, getting eaten by a forest. So their goal is to get there and to you know get into this village and find this gate. And so Shang-Chi says they get uh, locked up after Shang-Chi kind of says, like, Dad, you're being crazy. Um, they get locked up. And actually before this, they're talking about the Mandarin. So they have this dinner conversation. Um, and Shang-Chi's father is talking about, like, names and how important names are. And he's saying, like, you know, in America, there is this guy called the Mandarin. And he was saying, like, they took a an orange and they made it into this super scary thing like how crazy are americans for believing that and that was a very funny scene um but they are locked up they're locked away and this is where we meet trevor you guys trevor is still alive i think so in okay for those of you who haven't seen it there is a disney short on disney plus uh i think it's called all hail the king but it basically shows Trevor Slattery after the events of Iron Man 3 and kind of where he's left off. Um, but where he's left off at the end of that digital short thing is someone has come from the Ten Rings to capture him and has this line where he basically says, like, um, you will, you're going to have a bullet in you for every... Uh, you're gonna have 10 bullets in you for every ring in the religion that you disrespected or something. It was like this very ominous line, Um, but basically insinuating that, you know, Trevor wasn't gonna make it. He was going to see the real leader of the 10 rings, and he wasn't gonna make it out of that. But we learned that when he was about to die, and he was about to be executed by the 10 rings in true Trevor fashion. Um, He breaks into a monologue from Macbeth, of course. And he impresses them. And so he basically is staying here as like a court gesture for the entire ten rings to enjoy his entertainment. And he's staying down in this dungeon and he you know practices his lines and he comes out and he performs for them and that's how he's stayed alive for all this time. So I mean, good for Trevor. And then we meet Morris. So you guys arguably these are the most important parts of the movie the most important moments because uh, we meet morris the absolute legend the star player of this entire movie and morris is a little creature from tallow that knew shang chi's mother um, and has no face so that's really cool but he's super fuzzy and he has wings and he's just super cool so he tells shang chi and katie and Yao ling that he can lead them to Tallow because he knows the way. And this, is, of course, is Morris as spoken by Trevor. So basically, that's their new plan. They're gonna try and get to Tallow and kind of be there waiting for when Shang-Chi's father um, tries to come and destroy the village because he thinks that Shang-Chi's mother is being hidden there and, you know, is being held hostage. So that's their new plan. But now they have to get out. So, they steal the car. They have this whole, like, case theme. Chase scene. And then they're driving to Tallow And they're in this forest. And these next couple of scenes, I absolutely love them. So, Katie's driving the car, naturally. And they're driving through this forest. And Morris can't speak. So, Trevor is giving directions. So, they'll do this thing. It'll be like, um, Katie's like, when do I turn? When do I turn? When do I turn? And he's like, it's a, you know you have to wait, you have to be patient, you have to be patient, they would be like, okay, turn 3, 2, 1, and then they have to turn. And it was, like, it doesn't sound funny when I'm explaining it, but it was hilarious. I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, beautiful, beautiful moments from this entire movie. Uh, but they are able to make it through. And then there's some hilarious lines from Trevor. Uh, they find the people of Tallow, and they're kind of, like, looking at them, they're ready to fight, and then shang aunt so his mother's sister sees them and recognizes them and is like guys why are we trying to fight them that's that's my sister's children so we're saved so they are welcomed into the tallow community and of course trevor's there trevor like gets out and is like Hello, everyone, in his little accent. Um, Very funny guy. I I keep talking about Trevor, but literally he was my favorite part of this entire movie, so you're going to hear a lot about Trevor. So they are trained by the Tallow people. They kind of learn a little bit more of the history, and we learn that there is a gate in Tallow, but behind that gate are these evil beings, and they were sent there kind of hundreds of thousands of years ago and the people of tallow locked them in this big gate and it's been their kind of duty to protect that gate ever since so that's why they're here and we also learned that people who have a lot of power so for example people who own the ten rings um sometimes hear hear voices coming from that gate telling them that they can find their deepest desires there so that's what's happening to shanghi's father so they are preparing. Katie is getting lessons in archery. She's absolutely killing it. Um, and Shang Chi is getting lessons in kind of this tallow form of martial arts that focuses less on like power and more kind of about redirecting power um, back towards who, back towards the aggressor. I guess is the best way to explain it. Uh, so. There's a couple of little montages, a couple of training scenes, and then Shang-Chi's father and the Ten Rings arrive, and the final battle commences. So there's a lot of things going on in this moment. We have Shang-Chi and his father who are fighting. We have the Ten Rings and the people of Taolo who are fighting, and then we also have these big dragons that are coming out of the gate who are basically like sucking the souls out of people and then feeding it to the main dragon so that the main dragon can escape from the gate um which is obviously not good so (laughs) a lot of things are going on in these moments but everything sort of culminates towards the end so all of this kind of comes to a head um essentially the ten rings decide to have, like, a team-up with the Tallow people um, in, in this very funny scene. So, the uh, like, kind of second-in-command of the Ten Rings is, like, um, the Tallow people kind of say, like, hey, we, we need to join together. Like, we need to do this together. Otherwise, we're all going to die from these dragons. And the leader of the Ten Rings, or, like, the second-in-command, is kind of like, um, no, we don't. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then immediately, a bunch of people from the Ten Rings get, like attacked by these big um, dragon things <laughs> um, and he's like and then one of the uh, tallow people are able to like kill it with their weapons because they're specially designed and then he's like yeah let, let's team up so <laughs> very funny moment but they end up teaming up and they're fighting these dragons and the way that they're doing this is they have you know bows and arrows with this special technology and also um, spears with a special technology that they're able to kill these dragons with because they're specially designed for it. So we have that kind of battle going on as these dragons are escaping from the gate. And we also have the battle between Shang-Chi and his father as Shang-Chi is trying to stop his father from opening this gate and also trying to kind of take the Ten Rings from his father. and. Shang-Chi kills it, essentially. He does an incredible job. He ends up defeating his father uh, sort of temporarily. He's able to get five of the ten rings in his control, and what's super cool, so when Shang-Chi uses the ten rings, they're sort of this orange color, whereas when his father uses them, they're blue, and so there's these super cool moments where, like, both of the energies are, like, fighting against each other, and it made for incredible visual effects, but... At one point, Shang-Chi has, like, five of the ten rings, and then his father sacrifices himself for Shang-Chi after they kind of have, like, a heart-to-heart, I suppose, um, within this battle, and you you see that his father really did love him and really did, you know, want the best for Shang-Chi, uh, and it's really through this moment where Shang-Chi kind of says, like, we needed you, we needed a father, and all you were was, like, this warlord. And he kind of realizes, like, oh, yeah, I kind of messed up. But he makes that sacrifice for Shang-Chi, and Shang-Chi is able to gain the full ten rings. And then what commences is some of my favorite moments in the MCU ever. So when Shang-Chi was kind of initially defeated by his father, he's sinking down to the depths of the ocean. And we cut back to the scene at the beginning of the movie where his mother is explaining, like the spirit of the dragon lives in everyone in tallow and so we see this dragon on the bottom of this river uh and shang chi kind of awakens that dragon and is kind of a companion now of this dragon because supposedly shang chi has the spirit of the dragon inside of him so he's like riding a dragon through the air which looks super sick um and he's able to fight this giant dragon thing that's coming from the uh, gate and then his sister Zia Ling is actually able to ride this dragon as well and kind of takes over for Shang-Chi while he is fighting his father and then after Shang-Chi wields the ten rings we have this huge huge dragon fight some of again some of the greatest visual effects we've ever seen in the MCU I mean nothing was out of place in this movie With Black Widow, it's gotten a lot of hate for the fact that some of its CGI was not very good. I think mostly because it was made in a pandemic, Um, so things were a little lower quality. But this movie, definitely, the CGI was right on point. Um, I mean, it was gorgeous, like, gorgeous visual effects. Some of those pictures from the movie are just, I mean, they're amazing. So, <laughs> they're fighting, these two giant dragons are fighting each other in the sky, Shang-Chi's, like, riding on the dragons, um, there's, like, a moment where Xiaoling is captured by the dragon, and Sha- Shang-Chi has to, like, pull her back, and, I mean, it was, like, absolutely gorgeous, but they're able to defeat this spirit thing, um, and it is, it is perished, it is gone. And Shang-Chi and Katie go back to their hometown um, after kind of honoring the dead in in Tallow. They go back to their home, and they're telling this story to the people that we saw in the beginning of the movie who were kind of saying, like, you're doing nothing with your lives. Um, they tell this story, and they're like, we're really supposed to believe that, like, you guys are, like, superheroes. And then Wong just pops out in this portal and is like, Shang-Chi and Katie, like, we need you. Um, and they kind of, like, are like, okay, see you guys, and they leave, Um, and that's kind of how the movie ends, except there's two credit scenes here, so the first one is that they are with Wong in this, I think it's the Sanctum Sanctorum, Um, and there's kind of a video call between Captain Marvel and Bruce, so they're, like, virtually there as well, Um, and they're talking, and they're kind of analyzing the Ten Rings and where they came from, and their analysis is that they can't figure it out um, they don't know where it's from which is interesting uh, and definitely something that I think is going to be explored in future MCU properties but they don't know where it's from um, but there's a couple of other interesting parts of this post credit scene because Bruce is not Professor Hulk uh, which is weird it's very very strange which kind of begs the question like when did this happen uh when are we talking about like when is this movie in the timeline but earlier in the movie they referenced the fact that um you know everyone half the universe could be gone in a snap um that was like one of the lines from the movie and they're like like half the universe could be gone in a snap or something so it definitely came after infinity war and it doesn't appear that like everything is dark and gloomy like it was in Endgame in that like five year period. Like it seems like the economy is pretty well up and running. They're not talking about anyone in their family who was lost. Um, none of that is going on. So it it feels as though it is a post Endgame movie, which begs the question: Why is Bruce not Professor Hulk? Like why is he appearing as normal Bruce? And also, why is his arm broken? Lots of questions. Um, There was a lot going on there, and genuinely, I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know what happened to post-Endgame Bruce, uh, unless he, you know, reversed the effects of Professor Hulk. Maybe that was something, but it didn't seem like he was struggling with being Professor Hulk. Um, Maybe something with the snap, like, affected him. I have no idea. It was it was shocking that that was what was going on i yeah it really threw me off and i i've been thinking about this a lot and i just can't really come up with anything as to why he would be in that form like it, it doesn't make a lot of sense um but captain marvel's also there we have like a funny moment where they're like she's like oh just call me i have to go and they're like she does that a lot we don't have her phone number um so that was funny um but then the second post-credit scene was so good. Uh, he is sitting, or, it, sorry, Xiao Ling is sitting in this room, and her assistant from the fight ring comes in and is like, are you ready? Like, they're waiting. And she kind of, like, walks out. And we learn from Shang-Chi that Xiao Ling was supposed to be kind of dismantling the Ten Rings. That was what he sent her to do. Um, but she walks out, and she basically, it, everyone is there, like, a, a ton of people from the fight club and she sits down on this throne um the same one that her father sat down on and then it sort of like pans out and there's all of these people training um in this like open courtyard kind of in the same way that her father had it Uh, and they're all training but there's a ton a ton of women out there also training um so she changed that which like go her um but you know women and men all training together to be a terrorist organization so you know beautiful but also scary um but it pans out and she's in this complex that her father used but it now has like all this graffiti on it and it kind of has this like really cool vibe um and it the last kind of scene is it says like the ten rings will return so (laughs) you guys (laughs) um Yeah, the Ten Rings are coming back, and a part of me is excited, because, like, Xiaoling was such a cool character, and I'm like, yeah, like, of course she can run an empire. But then part of me is like, oh, that's going to be a problem going forward, isn't it? And also the fact that it's Shang-Chi's sister. Um, Yeah. So, Yeah. I I don't know exactly what to make of it. I don't know where Shang-Chi is going to appear in the future of the MCU. We do know now that he is considered an Avenger by Marvel. Um, They made an announcement that Shang-Chi is the newest Avenger. And that is super, super cool. I actually wrote that as part of my notes. I was like, is he an Avenger now? Like, can we consider him an Avenger? And he is. He is an Avenger. I'm so excited. Um... The rings are super cool. Like, as a concept, the ten rings themselves, not, like, the organization, but the, the actual ten rings, the powerful ones, are so cool. And, like, the fighting sequences that you can get out of those are are so amazing. I just really hope that we delve further into what the ten rings, like, what are their powers? What do they do? Because it seems like it's, like, energy shocks, right? Um, That seems like the main thing. But there's also it seems like kind of different parts of the ten rings different you know aspects of it the fact that it can be controlled by redirecting the energy it seems um yeah i think there's a lot of questions as to what it actually entails and what the ten rings what are their precise powers so i really hope those questions are answered in future properties and i think they will be um, but yeah, that was something I was definitely curious about at the end of this. Um, and also, what will Katie's role be? We know that she's going to be returning again, I've already asked for my Katie Kate team up. Um, you could call it k squared the the archery duo k squared. Kate um, <laughs> Katie squared. um I yeah, I really hope that she's in future MCU properties. I think that she, was super cool in this and I think that she will be super cool in anything that Marvel decides to place her in and yeah I really really loved her um and she was just such a fun character and Aquafina did a fantastic job of playing her both as someone who's like super super like stubborn and really um definitely someone like you don't want to mess with but also incredibly hilarious same thing with Shang-Chi like you don't want to be on his bad side but He was really, really funny in this movie, too. Not like a comic relief, but really, really funny. So, yeah, I love this. And Trevor Slattery, I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back again. And I think he's going to be, like, a sort of assistant for Shang-Chi. Or maybe he's going to stay in Talo and be kind of like a, I don't know, like a actor there. Maybe he's going to start a theater program in Talo. That would be funny. Um, I hope Morris comes back again. I really hope that Morris becomes Shang-Chi's sidekick. I think that would be super cool. I think Morris has some superpowers. Like, to be honest, I really think I think he's kind of like, you know, the cat from Captain Marvel? You know, Goose from Captain Marvel? I really think that that's Morris. Like, I think underlying his very cute personality, he has some crazy powers. And hopefully we see those. Yeah. I, I love this movie. I hope I conveyed that love to you all. I honestly, I'm a little unsure of how this ties into the bigger picture of the MCU. Um, You know, following something like WandaVision or something like Loki, it was was fairly obvious. With this, though, I I don't know. But I really do think it was kind of just an origin story for the newest member of the Avengers. And I think Shang-Chi could be the newest Captain America in a lot of ways. Like, I think he could be that leader of the Avengers. I, obviously, Peter, you know, he seems the most obvious, but I don't know that he's ready for that. Like, I think he's always gonna have that Tony Stark kind of role, where he's, like, the famous one. He's the one that everyone knows. He's the uh, likable, you know, lovable member of the team. Not that Tony was super lovable, but, like, Um, he's kind of the likable one of the team, the one that everyone knows, like, the really famous rich one. Um, but I think Captain America was kind of that guiding moral force, and I think that Shang-Chi can definitely be that. Maybe even more so than someone like, um, I was gonna say Anthony Mackie, but that's the actor. Um, even more so than someone like, um, why can't I think of his name? Bucky. There's Bucky. I literally- I cannot think of his name. This is so bad. I feel really awful. Falcon is one of my favorite characters. Okay. Well. Um... Why can I not think of his name? It's not Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie is the actor. But anyways, the Falcon. I think maybe even more so than the Falcon. Um, Shang-Chi can be that, like, guiding moral force um, throughout throughout this. Kind of that Captain America-esque guy. Like, he definitely seems like a natural leader. Um, and I hope Katie's an Avenger, too. I really hope that she is. I think that she definitely could be. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little unsure of, of how this all connects. One that that I did have is, like, maybe the Ten Rings are some sort of metal or some sort of, like, substance that was created by the Eternals. Because they talk about how the Ten Rings were there since the beginning. Like, they were found in a crater, and they, they had been there for a very, very long time. Kind of, I mean, for thousands and thousands of years. So, what if, you know, those came from the Eternals? Or what if they came from the Celestials? I think that would be a cool kind of tying force or, like, combining element of um, the Eternals and Shang-Chi. I think that would be really cool if if they explore that in the Eternals. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. Um, The most important thing that I hope you gain from this episode is that Trevor and Morris are the two best characters in the MCU. Um, They're the two greatest heroes of the MCU. And they're the two most prominent people in this entire movie. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. My reaction, my thoughts, my feelings about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Quick reminder, remember that you can always reach out with theories, thoughts, any ideas that you have, both on Anchor and and through my email, marvelingwithmay at gmail.com. So thank you guys again. Feel free to reach out and I will see you all in the next one. Bye guys.